Welcome to the Troy Kearns Channel Podcast. Today I have my good friend, Ryan Panetta. He's the guy who inspired me to get into social media. His story is inspiring. He started as a baseball player in the minor leagues. He's worked his way up to being one of the biggest social media influencers around the country, as well as a dynamo house flipper, real estate education guy. And you're going to want to stay tuned all the way to the end because we get into every detail of his life and why he's successful. All right, welcome to the Troy Kearns Channel Podcast, where we talk about all things real estate, business, and entrepreneurship. We have a very special guest and a good friend of mine. Actually, the reason I am here today, Ryan Pineda, the way I'm going to introduce him as probably the biggest real estate social media influencer out of Las Vegas and probably storming the country. You just had Grant Cardone on, which was probably the biggest guy before you. You've started an e-commerce company. You're flipping hundreds of homes. You're educating thousands of people. You've got 900 followers on TikTok or 900,000 followers on TikTok. You got 150,000 on YouTube, 150,000 on Instagram. What am I missing? <laughs> we got the podcast too. So we're doing That's the podcast. That's right. You have a thousand five-star plus reviews on your podcast. Yeah, it's going good, man. So I'm super excited to have you in here. I'm going to be picking your brain. Like I'm trying to steal all your, like, all your ideas. All right. I got a few new ones since we talked. So sweet. <laughs> so um, tell us about, I mean, for those of you who don't know you, this is a brand new show, obviously. Um, for those of you know who don't know who Ryan Pineda is, Tell us about your start. Yeah, I'll give you the five minute version. Um, you know, born here in Las Vegas, native, uh, love Vegas. I've traveled <laughs> everywhere and I don't think I'll ever move. I know there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, when they're, they grow up here, they're dying to get out, but, uh, that's not me. You know, I actually got to travel the country playing pro baseball. So I did that for eight years. Um, I got drafted by the Oakland A's and I had a good time, dude. But uh, I never knew I was going to be this entrepreneur or investor or right. social media guy. That wasn't me. Right. Um, I was just trying to play baseball. And unfortunately, you know, when you're in the minor leagues, you don't make any money. And a lot of people think that, oh, the moment you get drafted, you're just ringing in the dough. And it's not right. true. I actually had to, you know, become a realtor to pay the bills as a 21 year old. And I hated being a realtor. Absolutely hated it. I know you had way more success than me. Yeah. But I hate mine too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to get my license back. Yeah. And I just, I hated it from the beginning and eventually I just stopped doing it. And I got into, you know, just different side hustles. I was flipping couches. I was flipping cell phones, card, like anything I could make a buck on. I was flipping it. Right. And eventually I learned about hard money and private money. And I learned that, man, I could flip houses and make a lot more. Right. And so I got in the house flipping game in 2015. Okay. I maxed out all my credit cards to do it. I didn't have any money. I'd saved up 10,000 bucks. I maxed out some credit cards for 50,000. Okay. Used that as a down payment. Uh, long story short, it worked out, thankfully. thankfully. And, uh, you know, I made some money that first year and it just started to scale. You know, I, I went from five to 20 the next year to 50 the year after that to 150 after that. And uh, we've been doing over 100 every year since. And and, you know, it's exploded to a whole bunch of other things since then. Yeah. And I've been following your journey. And like you said, I think a, a million times before is you don't know who's watching you. Right. And I was one of the guys watching you. And at first I told you this firsthand, I was hating. 
<laughs> like just yeah. because I didn't understand it. And, yeah. and I think that's what people who don't understand do is they hate. Yeah. And, and I, um, I was like, why is this guy posting all this stuff? Why is he bragging? And then I was like, Oh, he's not bragging. He's showing what he's doing. And when you got on social media, your I think your timing couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah. And well, you were on Instagram, I think originally, right? Yeah. You know, I had an Instagram. I started probably like in 2018 ish, right around there. And that was my main thing. I mean, I had accumulated a decent amount of followers. I had like 10,000, okay. but, um, that was just like me showcasing what I was doing as a house flipper and nothing more really. It, it got me deals. It got me different things, but, um, it wasn't until 2020. I was like, I'm just going to go all in on being like a social media brand influencer and, you know, see what happens. What got you to make that decision? Well, who? well, you know, I was looking at what was happening with COVID. You know, I, I looked, everybody was locked down. It was in March of 2020. And I started to think about my business. And I said, where is the money at? Right. Right. Is real estate going to tank? Who knows? Right. Everyone thought it was. Um, and I just said, okay, people for the next say six months are going to be sitting at home doing nothing. And I started to look and see what people were doing. I'm like, people are like watching TikTok. They're watching right. YouTube. And I go, what if I was just the guy they were watching? <laughs> yeah. And so I put a poll out on Instagram. I said, guys, who are the top YouTubers? Who are the top you know, people you watch? And so they mentioned all these guys. I look at them up and I said, okay, what are these guys doing? They must be flipping and buying all these houses and all this stuff. And I realized they weren't. Right. They they were just talking about it. Yeah. Talking head videos of how not to do anything, but talk about it. Right. So I said, if these are the guys that I have to compete with, I, I'm pretty certain I can do this pretty easily. And so I just said, you know what? I am going to do this. Um, well, actually, I, let me take a step back. One thing that caught my attention, though, and um, what turned me from hater to believer, kind of like you, right. was that initially I was a hater because I was like, why do people listen to these guys? They're not smart. Well, it's not that they're not smart. They're just not experienced. Right. They're you not, know? they're, they're, they're speaking from theory versus from, from doing. Yeah. And so I was like, man, why do they have all the attention? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they were doing videos on how much they were making from YouTube. And they're talking about making two, 300,000 bucks a month making videos. And let me tell you, I wasn't <laughs> netting two to $300,000 right. a month making videos. No. I'm taking way more risk running my real business and, you know, doing all these things to make less. Right. And I said, dude, I'm in the wrong game. And so I just said, I'm not going to hate. Like, I'm going to embrace what these guys are doing, but show it in, you know, a legit way. And right. so I just jumped straight in and I had full belief after watching what they did. And I said, okay, I don't care how long this takes me. It could take me years, but I believe that this is the path going forward. And I believe that this is the optimal time to go start doing it. And so, you know, if you watch my first YouTube videos and all my first TikToks, they're literally me and my dining table during quarantine. And I'm just like trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, if it helps any, you were right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you've been, you've been right for a while. So what I always say is anybody can be successful one time. Repeatable success in multiple different careers makes you a successful guy. So you're a successful guy. I was like, eh, let's see how he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the beginning, you know, cause I'm like, okay. Cause you kind of came out of nowhere. Right. You kind of like, it was like all of a sudden 
you were a house flipper and then you scaled up your business. And it was kind of like the same thing with me with REO. Nobody knew who I was Mm -hmm. until they knew who I was. Right. And I don't realize, I don't know if you realize how much of an impact you've had on a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure you do, but like even myself personally, I was sitting there and watching your stuff and I'm going, Okay. And and then at that point in time, I reached out to you. We went to lunch. I forget what the place was, but we went to, out to lunch and I was like, okay, this guy's cool. He's real. He's a straight up dude. Mm-hmm. And then when I was, I had contemplated for a long time about getting into social media. And then when I was ready to make that decision, I went and came to the expert, which I pers- <laughs> was I, right on. And you're like, I'm like, how much money do you make? And I think we ta- had a phone call yeah, first. Yeah. And then we went and uh, sat down in your office and you kind of showed me underneath the hood about every, all the possibilities and what was, and really you inspired me and showed me everything, which is shows a lot about your personality, shows that you're a giver, shows that you are someone who cares. And you know what? It makes me want to give more back, right? It makes me want to help you more. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you being open-minded to, I know that, you get a million people asking you for help. I certainly do all the time. And there's always the people who want to say, let me buy you a coffee. Yeah, let yeah. me take you out to lunch and this. And you provided real value. And that has made a an impact that you don't even know. And it's hopefully going to, I mean, because of you, there's a guy in Houston that's going to chop up a, a house flip because of the thing I did. And that's because of you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So just thank you for that. And thank you for being cool and not, you know, holding grudges <laughs> and not being like, you know how people can be, you know yeah. what I mean? Business is business and stuff is stuff. And I just, it shows a lot about your character. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, I do have a lot of questions for you. Um, a lot of big things you've been doing. Let's talk about the most recent big thing, which is you just uh, interviewed Grant Cardone. Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, it comes with social media. One of the things I was telling people is like, look, social media is going to impact your business in ways you can't imagine. It's going to get you leads, traffic. It's going to attract employees and people who want to work with you. But one of the things it's going to provide is opportunities you would have never even thought about. And um, like one of those was Cardone. So, you know, Cardone puts out a post, I don't know, a few weeks ago saying, hey, I want to be on real real estate podcast, you know, email this uh, email if you have a podcast, right? So I'm like, a lot of people tagged me in his post. And so I was like, okay. So I just send an email, they get back to me and they're like, okay, send us like your statistics and what you got going on. And so I send all this stuff. And then literally like a day later, they're like, Grant wants to get on a podcast with you tomorrow. Like essentially. Yeah. And I was like, I was in Mexico and I was like, can he do it? You know, like Tuesday. And they're like, okay, Tuesday at this time. I'm like, great. So it literally happened like that. Right. But you know, the thing is, how many people get to go pick Grant Cardone's brain one-on-one, no. you know, and not... Not to pay for n- it. Not pay for it. Nothing, right? And get all the exposure from it. Um, it's only because I had already had a following. Right. You know, that I was providing value to Cardone with my following and the content and everything else. Like he wanted, it's not like I was like seeking out Grant Cardone to get him on. No, he wanted to get your audience because he knows that a certain amount of them are going to buy into his program. Yep. And he's going to be able to coast off of your audience and you're going to be able to coast off of his. Yep. Yep. So just mutually beneficial. And, you know, it's like, man, to be able to network with him and all the other things that I'll be able to do, it that stuff you can't even measure because it just, it doesn't matter how good of a businessman you are. Right. Right. You could be the best realtor in Las Vegas. Grant Cardone does not care. Right. You know, all these other guys don't care. 
they would much rather be with the guy who has attention because that's more valuable. Right. And so you, you, you met with him. I watched the interview last night to try to get prepped up for us today. And I noticed that he gave you just, he did a ton of research on you or his guys did. Yeah. And like, he's dropping, dropping true books. He's dropping yeah. all sorts of things. Were you impressed with that? Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, man, because, uh, I just like, hey, like, let's just chat. Um, originally, they told us they're like, yeah, Grant's got about 20 minutes um, he can do with you. I said, okay, cool. So I'm thinking, okay, we're going to just, you know, chit chat for a little bit. He's going to want to talk about his new fun going on. And you know, that's going to be it, right? Yeah. And so then we get into it and, you know, we talked for like an hour. We talked a lot off camera as well. And, uh, you know, he starts dropping true books and the house flipping. And I'm like, how much does this guy know about me? Like, I didn't I didn't say anything about it. Right. I thought I thought it was crazy when I heard him. I'm like, he did his research on Ryan. Yeah. And so speaking of Ryan, you also interviewed another Ryan who's got a probably a huge social media following. Somebody who did a major network television. show, Ryan Serhant. Yeah. So how did that happen? That one was interesting, too. Um, one of my buddies did a collab with him. And I said, hey, like, can you hook me up with Sirhan's team? Like, we're in the same industry, yada, yada, yada. And um, sure enough, we get connected. And they're like, yeah, let's do IG Lives together. Let's do some TikToks. Let's do a podcast, all these things. And, um, you know, we got to do a little interview. We're going to do some more stuff. But uh, it was cool. I got to speak to his students, too. You know, so I got to speak to everyone in his mastermind and, you know, they're all realtors just showing the realtors like, hey, you guys got to get on the investing side. It's not just about selling homes. Right. It's like an identity crisis sometimes. Yeah. Like being a realtor. That's why I'm sending my license back because I'm like, I can't even have that. I'm still in my mind chasing that REO dream. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's the only reason I'm holding on to it. There ain't even any foreclosures anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And if if they did come around, I'd just use somebody else's license and go get the business. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Sir Holland was a cool dude, man. Now, did you find... Who did you... And I don't want to put you on the spot like that, but who did you find that, that you learned a lot from? Um, I think, I mean, obviously Cardone was the most recent, but one thing Cardone said that stuck with me was, you know, he's thinking so big in everything he's doing, right? Like he's got $3 billion worth of real estate. He's about to make it 4 billion with this new thing. And he's like, yeah, you know, my goal is to get to 40 billion in real estate. I'm like 40 billion dollars. Like how are you going to, yeah. How are you going to do that? Right. Like I, I personally just crossed owning 40 million. And that's between flips and this apartment we bought right. and all this stuff. I'm like, this guy's got 40 billion. Like, that's his yeah. goal. Times and thousand. Yeah. And you just think about it and you're like, wow. But then you just like kind of reverse engineer it. And you're like, okay, what path did Cardone take? And he kind of gave it in that interview. He was like, look, I've got 10x, which is the most profitable thing I do. You know, I he, he said he was going to make like 150 million from courses and events and stuff. And he was going to net like 50 million from that. Cause I asked him, I go, Grant, what do you think is the best way to like make money going forward? There's crypto, there's NFTs, there's all this stuff. He said, nothing will ever beat a business. Right. He's like, a business will always make you more money. He's like, and then you just use that money to buy real estate and you pay no taxes. Correct. That's the end game. That's it. And uh, it made me like know that, okay, I'm on the right path. Cardone has laid this out. You just build your personal brand. You build it businesses around it. And from there, the rest will take care of itself. You know, real estate, you're always going to be able to buy bigger and better deals. The same crap over Correct. and over. Just go for the bigger deal. Yeah. 
So that was probably like the biggest thing I, I realized is like Grant Cardone is not doing anything different. Just thinking bigger. He's just thinking bigger and he's just been at it longer. I right. mean, the dude is twice my age. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Um, for those of you, for those of you who don't know how old Ryan is, did you just turn 33? 32. Yeah. 32. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 32. <laughs> so you got, I've got 11 years on you. By the way, I just lost to Jared Peterson at basketball. That was my warm up for you. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're a young guy, um, and you're, you're relatively new to pretty much everything. Yeah. Like Cardone's been at it for 30 years. Right. And he went bust. Right. Yep. And moved out to Miami, left California, originally from Louisiana. And you just, I think the thing that I'm most impressed with you, and this is one of my questions, is your routine. Yeah. What is your, like your routine is, you put it up. So it's there every yeah. day. Nobody can like dispute what it is. Yeah. Like if your routine is your routine, then put it up. Yeah. Right. Or shut up because yeah. you're putting up your routine every day and it's gym. Consistent. Consistent. I mean, you don't put up like, hey, I'm doing my journaling right now. My journal, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you're putting up the stuff that matters and you're consistent every day. What does it look like? Yeah. So I am very much I got this from baseball. You know, in baseball, you develop discipline and habits. It's the only way to play at the highest level. And you just get used to it. You just get used to doing the same thing every day because it makes you feel consistent in what you do. You, your body feels the same. You're waking up at the same time. You are doing the same things. And when you do the same things every day, you get good at it. Right. And um, for me, you know, I start my day off by um, my little morning routine. Like you mentioned, I spend about an hour writing in my journal, going through my planner, praying and reading my Bible. That's it. I do that every single morning. I don't miss a day. Um, What's that? Yeah. What's that? Okay. Because I, I, I got the journal. I, I written, written in it a few times. Yeah. I'm having a hard time developing that habit. Yeah. But I think it's a good one. I've heard so many people talk about the reflection and the knowledge that comes from going back in your journal. Yeah. So I'd like to do that the right way. What's the right way? So I have journals from the last six years. Okay. And they've been written in every single day the last six years. Yeah. And um, that's discipline, folks. Yeah. And that was the first time I heard about it six years ago. You know, I read a book called The Miracle Morning. Great book talking about how to, you know, start a morning routine. Right. And I don't follow everything from that book. I found my own version of my miracle morning that works for me. And, um, you know, one of those things was, you know, write in your journal every day. And so I just started writing my goals down. I started writing things I was grateful for. I started writing prayers. Okay. And those are just like the main things I write. And um, I incorporated that into my own planner. So I actually created a planner. Okay. Anyone can get it for free at ryanpineda.com. So um, if you want a free planner, if you want to be super disciplined, let's go into that real quick. Obviously, we've got Ryan on, so you need to give us a five-star review because yep. we've got five-star talent in here. <laughs> and maybe six-star. So if you can hit a yeah. six, do that. Um, Ryan, where can they reach you on all your socials? Um, easiest way is just to go to ryanpineda.com because uh, we've got all my socials. You've got the planner. You've got my businesses. It's just the one-stop shop for everything. I visited this morning and you need to update your 800K because you're now at 900K. It does I say know. 800K plus. So you are, you're <laughs> theoretically right. But I, and, and by the way, like your website looks dope. Like, I don't know who designed it, but. In-house team, man. Yeah. We, we try to do everything top notch. Yeah. You're, you're, I would say the way I look at it, like Josh Galindo set the bar in Las Vegas on flipping, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and you're setting the bar 
on quality production and on, like I'm looking at your videos and I tell these guys, I said, you see what they're doing? Yeah. You better freaking get it going. Like yeah, he's that's doing. The, that's the bar. Right. And so that's what I wanted to talk about next is your competitive nature. Yeah. Okay. So the way I compete in my head. Yeah. Um, and I know we're both playing golf right now. We're both flipping houses right now. We're both right. acquiring real estate right now. We're both trying to get ahead right now. I have a goal, as you know, to get a jet. That's my, sh- I would say, short-term goal. Right. And so secretly in my head, when I compete with a guy like you, I don't know how you think, but I'm going to tell you how I think. Okay. When I secretly compete, I'm like, I want that guy to do really well. Yeah. But not just as well as I'm doing. Like, I want him to be super successful. Yeah. But I want to be just one ahead. That keeps me competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, playing basketball. Like, I in my mind, if I think I can beat someone, maybe there's a chance I can beat. Like, with golf right now. Yeah. I know you're into golf. Yeah. Like, I know, like, right then and there, I have no chance of competing with somebody who's an athlete of years that has train discipline that you yeah. take. I've seen how seriously you're taking this sport and you're making money on it on top of it. That's the crazy. That was honestly, when I saw you make that move, I'm going to give you credit. I'm like, that was like a brilliant move. Like how mm-hmm. do you incorporate something that you love and make 6,000 bucks doing it? <laughs> yeah. I've actually had to raise prices because we're two and a half months booked out. It's crazy. But it's the smartest move you've ever done. I mean, like, in my opinion, like, if you look at the social media and everything, that move right there. Yeah. How do you, like, because you're on the golf course, like you said. you got a bunch of free time. You're usually just BSing about nothing. Yep. What do you like to talk about? Stuff that you're talking about on social media. If you're going to go play golf, like you said, I think I watched in one of your videos, like, it gets boring playing with the same guys at the same time. You're not getting better. Yeah. So you're playing with a bunch of new guys. Yep. You're making content. It's always spontaneous. You never know who you're going to play with. Um, yeah. I mean, you touched on a few things. Um, to to finish off, like as far as the routine goes, you know, I, I do that hour routine. Um, then I go to the gym. I then go to the office from 10 to 5. And I just do that five days a week. Well, actually now only four days a week because I golf on Fridays. So, so 10 to 5 is work. Yep. Um, I do that Monday through Thursday, Friday, I golf and then, uh, weekends are with the fam. So it's literally the same thing every week. There's not any kind of change. Um, so that's like the morning routine. Now, as far as, uh, competitiveness goes, I'm with you, man. Like I love competing. It brings out the best and well, it could bring out either the best or the worst in people. Right. Okay. Okay. Because you have people who, um, you know, let competitiveness destroy them. Right. They just, whatever, like they'll sacrifice at all costs to go try and do what someone else is doing. When in reality, they're never going to be as good. Like, it's just what it is. Like if I want to go be, uh, as good as LeBron James, it's just never going to happen. Like it's just, you can't do it. And so I think with competitiveness, I've learned that over the years playing baseball because again, I played against the best players in the world. Right. You know, I've played against Mike Trout. And you play against Mike Trout. If you're trying to like be as good as Mike Trout, you can try to do it, but it ain't going to happen. And so I think competitiveness is better when you're competing against yourself. Now, what I will say is it is great to try to, you know, emulate other people and take things you can. So like when I watch a guy like Mike Trout, when I was playing, I'd be like, man, like how is Trout so good? What can I learn from him? Right. You know, what, what about his swing is so amazing. What about his routine and his workouts? And, you know, I try to learn, you know, when I got into YouTube, I looked at the guys like Graham Stephan and me, right. Kevin, and I said, 
okay, these guys are so far ahead of me. Like, and nor do I want to be like them. I can't be it's like not, them. It's not you. Yeah. Yeah. Nor do I want to. But what can I learn from them that was really good? And so I'll look at all these different things and I'll apply them to my own life. And then I'm still going to do me. At the end of the day, I'm just always trying to be the best version of me. And that's all I care about. And even today, it's like uh, a lot of people will look at it and they'll say, well, you know, uh, I flip more houses than Ryan or I, you know, he has more followers. I'm like, I don't really care. Like for me, I'm just playing my own game. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, You can't compare yourself to others in anything. No. And so you just have to figure out what is the goal for me and the people who are ahead of me in whatever it is. How do I pick some little things from them? You know, in the gym. I'm in the gym every day. Like I'm, you know, I'm pretty strong, but I'm I'm with NFL guys and other stuff. I'm like, man, where do you work out at? It's called Phase One. Phase yeah. One. Yeah, okay. a lot of Raiders guys work out there. Different things. And, you know, you look at these guys, and I'm older now. Even even though I'm 32, that's pretty old for get to 43. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, I look at these guys, and I'm like, okay, just being around these guys makes me want to level up. Right. I know I'm never gonna be like them especially being older now, but you got something to prove. It's going to make me the best version of me. Right. So that's how I treat competitiveness. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you know, I see you doing a lot of stuff in the gym that I look at and I'm like, yeah, that's not easy. Like I know I work, I've been working out for years, but as you know, going to the gym and saying you're working out is not going to the gym and working out until you know what you're actually doing. Just like, as you know, I was in YouTube in 2010 Right. And I had yeah. many videos from 2010, but because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, it didn't add up to Jack Diddley squat. And so once you go to the gym and you realize, oh, I'm not going intense. I'm not working out hard. You, when you work out, you work out hard. You're doing what are you benching these days? Uh, I could do 275 for five. That's that's yeah. that's pretty solid. And I'm pretty light. Yeah. I'm pretty. What do you weigh about 165? I'm 180. 180? Yeah. You're a lean 180. Yeah. I got, I'm a lot heavier than I look. But it must be in your legs. It is. I got thick legs. Okay. Um, but one thing I'll say that uh, as far as competitiveness and, and leveling up goes is I've always put myself with the highest level people in whatever it is I'm doing, Smart. right? So like, like we just said at the gym, right? I want to be at the best gym where you know, all these athletes are right. But maybe my goal would be to be like a bodybuilder, right? Mr. Olympia guys. Well, I'd be at a different gym if like, that's the look I was going for. Right. But I just want to be an athlete. That's what I am. I'm not a bodybuilder. Right. But when I think about, uh, you know, social media, right? How do I get in with all these social media guys? I, I I know every YouTuber now, right? Like I'm friends with all of them because I want to What's been your strategy on that? For me, when it comes to getting in with the top level people, it's just figuring out a way to provide value to these guys. And so like with the YouTubers, it was simple. It was like, hey, guys, you're not monetizing the way you can be with business and delegating. And let me show you guys how to create systems and processes around your personal brand. And so, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, on the gym side, that's a little different. It's just like, hey, you got to, you know, know, like you got to be able to fit in, Right. right. Um, another thing I just did was I joined a group called YPO and YPO is like, not a lot of people know about it. It's pretty old school. Young professional organization or something like that. Young president's organization. Right. And, um, in order to be in it, you've got to be doing like crazy stuff. Um, I was actually the youngest guy in there at the event, uh, last week and the guys in there are like really big dudes like that are 
doing you know a lot of nine figure net worths and stuff. Is this in Las Vegas? They have chapters all across the country. <laughs> is uh, Frank Martin in that group? Um, Frank is not in it because Frank's too old. Okay. Um, yeah, it caps out at fifty years old. Oh, okay. That young president. Yes, that's right. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but Frank is a, a mentor of mine. So yeah, he's a great guy. Frank is a great guy. But uh, so, anyways, it's just being around those people, right? Because now it was something I was always thinking about: was man, I'm around a lot of good real estate people, and that's great. Right. But how do I get around good business people? And these guys are running just the most random, lucrative businesses that just aren't on YouTube and people don't talk about because they're just so niche that, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, man, okay, if I can just get proximity to these guys, just buy, what do they call it? Osmosis. Yes. You're going to learn what they know. Yes. And, uh, that's all I've done is just every aspect of my life. If I want to be, um, a better Christian, how do I get around, you know, Christians that are really walking the faith and doing what they're supposed to do? That's what I've done. If I want to, um, get into self-development and uh, teach or learn more from just like, you know, these books and these seminars. Okay. Who's doing that? Right. And so I have a very wide range of friends and groups that I'm a part of because they're all very specific skill sets. So let me get off topic a little bit and let's go into your personal life. Um, I had a pleasure of meeting your wife at the Raiders game. Um, Super cool lady. Um, I can tell that you guys are in love and you're building a family together and that's nice to hear. You know what I mean? Like it's really, as you know, with any relationship, whether it's a friendship or your spouse, especially your spouse, it's, you got, it requires work. Right. And, um, I know that you put a lot of work in and, um, you know, and you guys are a team just like me and my wife are a team and she plays a lot of roles off camera and stuff like that. And, Go into that. Go into where are your kids, uh, how old are your kids and what's going on? What's the plan for the next couple of years? Yeah. So I've been married eight years now. We just celebrated our eight year anniversary in uh, Mexico last week. So we had a lot of fun. Um, how was know, Tulum? <clears throat> Tulum was great. We had, we were there for six days. Man, first vacation without kids. It was good. <laughs> Game changer. <laughs> it was great. Um, no, I love my kids though. So uh, my son is almost three years old. My daughter's, you know, one and a half. And kids are great. We want to have more. We, uh, you know, it's just it's been a it's been a blessing. My wife used to be a eighth grade English teacher. Okay. She was making forty grand a year. Um, even while I was making you know a million bucks uh-huh. flipping houses, uh, she just loved doing it. Right. And then uh, once we had kids, she retired and she's been a stay-at-home mom since. So the one thing I'll say about my wife is that she has helped me, number one, think bigger. Number two, support me in all my different visions. But number three, uh, really hold me accountable. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, you know, I, I'll talk about, okay, with thinking bigger. I'll tell you, I've, I've told this story on camera before. Like when I, f- I didn't make a hundred thousand dollars until I was 27 in yeah. a year. Yeah. Like that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It's you five know, years ago, guys. That was five years ago. What are you making a month right now? I mean, I've made over seven <laughs> figures in a month now. So, <laughs> so things yeah. can change very quickly. Yeah. Things can change pretty quick. And you know, now I don't even know anymore. It's like, yeah, the month you don't determine your month anymore. You're at a level where you're not counting the yeah, monthly. Yeah. I don't even know. Like next year, trying to predict what we'll do. It's just, I don't even know. I always, when I talk about Ryan Pineda, I, I'm, 
And because a lot of people talk about you, I'm sure you're aware of that. And they're like, because you took off like a social media rocket. That's why I say, I say, you took off like a rocket ship. (laughs) I said, that's what inspired me to get into it. And if you wouldn't have had that conversation with me and shown behind the hood, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And that shows, let's talk about your faith a little bit. I want to dive it down into that because I believe just like your routine, you have a Tuesday Bible study. I almost got it memorized. It's like what? Five o'clock? Five o'clock right after work. Yeah. So, and that's a commitment that you make week in, week out. Um, It's a big part of who you are. Yeah. And where did that come from? You know, like I said, I I grew up in the church. I um, have always been a faith-based guy. You know, my wife and I, I I feel like we did it the right way with getting married. We didn't live together. We weren't doing things. And um, I think by doing that, it's really blessed our marriage. Um, And we've been able to, to help a lot of other young couples and other things like that. But one of the things I realized was there's a lot of people struggling with faith, um, not only in my own companies, but obviously everywhere else. And so I said, you know what, guys, let's just have a Bible study right here at the office right after work. You know, it's not like you got to go drive all this right. way. Like, no excuse. There's no excuse. Like just right, right after work, right. we'll do it. Just an hour, right? Because I, I need to get home to to the kids and the wife too. So we'll we'll never, you know, go over time. Like let's just an hour. And um, it's been something that's been really good. Uh for everyone. And I've been a part of Bible studies my whole life. So it wasn't like anything new, but what I will say is when it comes to faith, um, there are things that you do to improve your faith. I mean, obviously praying, reading your Bible, having community with other believers, those all really increase your faith. But the biggest thing that increases your faith is stepping out and doing something that, you know, you don't know if it's going to work or not. It requires faith. Right. It does. There, there, so many people, they they want the certainty of life. And the reality is there's no certain. Their only certainty is you're going to die. And you better know where you're going after you die. Right. Because that's the only certainty in life. Yet we want certainty with our job and our investments and our career. And, you know, and I'm like, guys, everything I've done in my life has been based on faith. When I flipped that first house, it was by faith. When I decided to go into social media hardcore, there was no proof that it worked. Like, it's just by faith. Everything, even to this point, as we scale and go to bigger things, I've never done it before. Yeah, We're just going by faith. Like, I feel like this is the right way that God's calling me to go. And, um, you know, for good or bad, we're going to see what happens. And I, I think that's something I'm, I'm way more conservative than you. And, um, that's just the way I am. I'm going to fall into my own thing yeah. and do my own thing. And I, and I admire your risk taking, I mean, maxing out your credit card. It's something I would, I mean, I, yeah. I, I was there and I hit the roadblocks early on. So that changed who I became as an investor and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that your, your, um, brass balls in terms <laughs> of, you know, just, you know, when you first told me, and I'm going to get into this right now, that you were buying a 334 unit, $32 million apartment building, like, I was like, oh, he's backing out of that deal. Like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah just, and then you closed on it. Yeah. So let's talk about that deal. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, right? It's like, do I have to go do that? No. No. Have I ever done it? No. <laughs> but it's just like, I feel like God was calling me to step out of my comfort zone and do something new. And then all of a sudden, when I really put myself out there, the opportunities present themselves, right? Right. And so this deal presented itself. We had the right partner on it. And, um, you know, we had to go raise almost $6 million. 
And I said, okay. I mean, I never done this before. Like, let's just. How long did you have to do that? Uh, we had to close in like 45 days. Okay. So you're under the gun. <laughs> yeah. And um, what's the earnest money that you potentially lose? Yeah. I mean, we put a lot. I don't even remember. But, you know, it's just like. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. I'm sure. You just have to go out there and get after it. And so we did that and uh, we raised the money. And. Um, by no means was it easy. A lot of people don't see the behind the scenes of what has to be done to, right. you know, go convince investors on the deal and general um, partners, yeah. syndicators, preferred rate of return. Yeah, you got to do all those things. And I had to create, um, you know, the funnel and all of the processes along the way, but we got it done. And now I can tell you deal number two is going to be much easier. Deal three will be easier. And, uh, you know, from there. Who knows what we're going to do? I have no idea. Right. So I got an idea for you. I told you about it the other day. So I'm looking at two skyscrapers in Kansas City, Missouri right now. One is a 10-story building that I'm probably going to take down on my own. It's $6 million. I think I told you before the podcast, I'm going to try to do it SBA, yep. 600000 make it as my podcast. And there's another one, but there's a lot of those opportunities in Kansas City. And I told you, I said, I think you should come down to Kansas City. And the reason is, is they're in Las Vegas. We're not used to this. I know you've traveled all over the country, but in in Vegas and in, or in Kansas City and places like New Orleans and older cities, they have federal and state tax credits, which means that, and I'm sure you know this, but I'm going to speak to our audience yeah. like they don't. So, which means that, you know, you spend a hundred thousand, you're getting $45,000 credited back to you for putting that property back together mm. by the federal government, which makes, you know, rehabbing properties and all that stuff so much better. And there's other types of TIF which means you don't have to pay taxes on these cities like Kansas City because they're in growth mode. Mm. And Vegas is not in growth mode because yeah. it's growing naturally. They don't need to do anything. To they don't anybody. need to incentivize us. Right. And so they're incentivizing. Kansas City is full of those type of incentives that sweeten up deals so much so quickly. And there's skyscrapers. There's all these. And I have a clock. I have a gun to my head because I'm put in my head. I'm only going to be there two years. I'm going to Florida. Mm. And so... I've already bought the lot in Florida. I'm already working on the plans to build that house. And I told you, I'm probably trying to build a house out in Henderson as well. Yeah. So um, there's just so many opportunities out there that if we open up our eyes and think bigger and we think bigger, like you have been thinking and, and you got, you know, everybody needs to get outside their comfort zone. Yeah. And I was in my comfort zone, like really since 2013, just kind of like trying to find myself. And what I realized was by moving to Kansas city, by making that uncomfortable move, moving my whole family there, my wife does not want to be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. She's doing it to support me. Right. And by doing that, I realized I had an identity crisis of me being an agent in Las Vegas mm. and of being a real estate investor, which is what I really am. Right. And so, and then I see all these opportunities in Kansas City. And that's why I said, well, Ryan, let's do something together. So yeah. I definitely want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you about all the deals on the podcast right now, but I'll show them to you after we get out here. You can take a look at what they look like. It's pretty impressive stuff out there. So yeah, dude. You could say, we could put Pineda on the top of a building out in Kansas Kansas City, so that we we might as well. <laughs> I mean, like that's what you said on the phone too, which is like I only want to do epic shit. Yeah, I only want to do epic stuff. Is what he actually said. I don't think he <laughs> too much. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk about lunar commerce. Yeah. Tell me about lunar commerce. Yeah. So, uh, lunar ecom. So, and, okay. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, lunar ecom. You guys can go check it out. Lunarecom.com. 
Um, yeah, so it's it's automation e-commerce. Uh, once again, one of those things that social media ended up leading me to. It's not like e-commerce was on my radar or that I was just like all about it by any means. Um, in fact, I started out as a skeptic, much like I've started out many things as a skeptic, uh, you know, wholesaling real estate. I'm like, how could you wholesale real like you need to buy it i'm like then i learned you don't <laughs> yeah right <laughs> to sign contracts yeah you know crypto i'm like bitcoin's stupid i think bitcoin just hit an all-time high today right you know i i uh youtube and stuff i dismissed it for all these years i'm like youtube and social media, like whatever dude but sure enough obviously it works e-commerce was one of those things and um quite frankly it could end up becoming my biggest company out of all of them and uh Long story short, so there's uh, something called Amazon automation and all these other types of automation where essentially um, somebody will create a e-commerce store for you and they'll manage it. They'll do everything. And then there's a profit split for managing it. It's pretty similar to how real estate works right. in that, you know, somebody gives you money, you go do all the work, you guys split profits. That's right. So it wasn't like rocket science. It was just like, I didn't understand it. Right. So I get a store. You know, this guy reaches out to me on social media. He goes, hey, dude, I just want you to know you've impacted me in a tremendous way. Much like you said. Right. He goes, I want to repay you. I want to give you a store for free. And I said, whatever. Like, I'll just (laughs) I'll try it out. Like, I don't I don't really care. Not committing. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. So we do it. And then um, sure enough, I, I just try it out and I'm seeing this thing's making money and then it's making more money and more money. I'm like, show me the other stores. Like, let me see what's going on behind the hood. Right. And I see what these other stores are doing. I'm like, you're telling me like, <laughs> like how many stores do you think like we could get? And right. it's just like, well, with you, it's just however many you could sell and we can build this business. We could scale it. And I said, Man, this is nuts. And so I started to interview other operators because I said, let me see what everyone else is doing. Um, because other people were telling me about it for a long time. Check, check his temperature versus other buddy, everybody else's yeah. temperature. Make sure that he's saying the right things. Well, and just too, like, you know, if I'm going to get into this, who do I want to partner with? Right. And so, because I don't want to start it from scratch. I need a partner. Yes. And so. Your time is too valuable. You got too many things going on. Yeah. And, you know, you got to know your strengths. My strength is in, you know, marketing. It's in, you know, building a brand and company, but it's definitely not in the behind the scenes dirty work. I would tell you, you got one more strength that you don't know about. Okay. Well, long story short, we, uh, I interview all these guys to see what's going behind the scenes. And I realize, you know what? Um, this guy who's been with me from the beginning is the best guy. And, uh, you know, we're going to start a company together. And, uh, we started the company together and, you know, now we've got all these clients. I don't even promote it because, Right now, our growth is so fast that if I did promote it heavily, like I do my other stuff, we'd be backlogged. Right. And uh, I just want to build it out the right way. And, you know, you'll definitely be hearing a lot more about it once things kind of slow down. Right. So it's busy. So my other strength I was going to tell with you, and that's great. The Lunar Ecom, you told me about it. It's pretty much in its infancy, you would say. And it's making you a ton of money. Yeah. And it's... you're not putting in a ton of time into it, I'm guessing? Uh, I probably put maybe 10 hours a week into it. Just really... Is that the thing you're spending the most time on with right now? Uh, besides content, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you took a risk there, but it goes back to my strength. You take action. Yeah. You, t- you, you take massive action too. You don't just take like who maxes out their credit card. <laughs> I mean, you take massive action. Right. When you went into social media, all in. Yeah. So... 
that's something that you could, and if you fail, you fail quick. And if you go, it goes well. Yeah. So that's something that people need to pay attention to. Um, so what's happening to you in the net? I know it's probably crazy because so many things have changed in the last two years for you. I right. Mean, like where you were at two years ago, or I guess three years ago, where you at three years ago, you were just flipping houses. Yep. Just chilling. Just chilling, doing some Airbnbs. Doing better than most people. Just Do- flipping houses and chilling. Got your uh, big bear. Yep. Got rentals. Just chilling. Just chilling. And then you go up on social media and blow the thing up. And TikTok was probably a large part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's why I started there. Yeah. And that's been a big, big move for me. If somebody's trying to get into social media right now, what would your advice be to them? <laughs> well, my advice after going through it for the last almost you know year and a half has kind of changed. Um, you know, originally when I got into it, <clears throat> I was a big believer in YouTube. I said, you know, YouTube is the king of all of this, um, mainly because it's owned by Google. And, you know, when people search how to flip a house, your video is going to pop up. And then, uh, you know, anybody who can watch a 10, 15 minute video is pretty dedicated to what you're doing. You know, since then, I've realized like it really depends on your goals. You know, I look at all the platforms um, providing different things, right? To me, YouTube is kind of like your long-term rental portfolio. It's going to take a long time to build up, right? right? Like it, it, you got to put in work and um, you're not going to see a huge return right away, yeah. you know, but in the long run, as long as you stay with it, over time, you're going to start seeing like, oh man, like I'm getting subscribers, I'm getting AdSense, I'm getting this evergreen content, you know, you just build it up over time. Um, so I look at YouTube that way now where it is the nest egg in the long haul. Um, right. But then I look at TikTok and Instagram as those like flips. Like, you know, you make a good TikTok, it could go viral tomorrow. Right. You could get thousands or mil. I've seen, I actually had a friend. She had 200,000 YouTube subscribers. She just made a TikTok last month and she went from zero to two million in a month. Followers. Followers. Wow. In one month. And um, it just goes to show like any, it's not like they all are YouTube subscribers came over there. Like she just hit on a bunch of viral videos. She studied what other people were doing to go viral and she just did it. Right. And it's kind of a feel the more you do it. Right. You know, like, oh, like the stuff that, that works, it's like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, very repeatable. It's not like rocket science. What goes viral. And you know, for me, I actually don't even make TikToks anymore. Um, they're all just repurposed videos from my podcast or my YouTube. And, you know, on one hand, the disadvantage is, you know, I can't recreate these viral things. They're just taking what I said and it is what it is. Right. Um, but on the other hand, you got nine million for that one, though. I did. Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, I, I'm happy with where it's at. Like, I'm not I don't want to spend my time making more TikToks because I've already done that. Yeah. And uh I've built my following like the return on now doing that every day is not good. Right. Um, to learn it, to get good at it. was You have to do it. Right. You have to do it. And um, my point is, I think TikTok and Instagram are great. Um, tick- I used to hate on Instagram because to grow organically on Instagram was so difficult. But now with Reels, you can grow again. Right. And so 
I think by making TikToks, just repost them on Reels and you can get both of them to grow. That's good advice, yeah. people. Yeah. That's really good advice. And you can even throw them now on YouTube Shorts and that'll help your YouTube grow. So I think it all begins with short form content as far as like, hey, if you're at zero, I would not like be trying to just only make big YouTube videos. Yeah, I would plus be, the edit. Yeah, it's they're they're difficult to make. Yeah. It's like you know, I, I tell this to, you know, our students at Future Flipper. They're like, okay, I want to get passive income. I want a big portfolio. And I go, well, if you have zero dollars, you need to like make some cash. Right. You need to flip and wholesale and make some money. Right. You shouldn't be trying to just go buy rentals, right? Because making a hundred bucks a month ain't gonna change your life. Making twenty thousand on this flip, that'll change your life. Right. So that's what I think of with those platforms. I think for guys, I'm, I'm telling people now, if you want to start running, uh, getting into real estate, why don't you start a Turo business? Because I'm talking to all these people. I've rented like five Turos. I'm going, I rented a Turo here. I'm, and I'm asking everybody the same question. How many cars do you have? How much money are you making? Yeah. And, I, and I'm talking to people who've got 45 cars. They're making $60,000 a month. You know, you can bonus depreciate it. Yeah. You know, all of that. So basically, that's why the rental cars. I see these rental cars as if you're in the stock market, short them. Because <laughs> I, I see them going out of business. There's going to be more Turos. I see that I was just talking to uh, somebody else about this, that, you know, eventually, you know, in fact, if you're listening to the show and you want to develop this app for me, I want to do an app where you can rent out tools, right? Like, you know, there's all these tool supply houses like uh, Sunbelt and what what have you. You need a tool for the job. Yeah. Guys have tools. They want to ec- make extra money on that tool. Yeah, those tools are expensive. They're, they are. And they get bonus depreciation as well. <laughs> and so I look at that Turo business as like, if I'm going to give a young guy advice right now and they're like, oh, they can't visualize, man, 300000 400000 to buy that house, but 5000 to go buy that used Altima. Yeah. And- Go get it with no money down. Right. Get it in it with no money down or whatever, and then start renting it out and then get another one and then get another one and then get into the big game of real estate. So that's, I think when you even look at my career, when I first started flipping houses, I was still flipping couches. right? Right. So, like, I still had this income side hustle. And so I think you got to have some kind of side hustle or whatever that's going to support you. Like, you could do it while keeping your W 2 and doing real estate on the side. But it's much easier to do it when you're doing a side hustle plus another side hustle. Right. Multiple side hustles. Yeah. If you do, that's what I did. If I, if you do multiple side hustles, yeah, you have time freedom to do, you know, to weave in and out. But when you're constricted to a nine to five, it makes succeeding in real estate harder. Right. And all your side hustles have turned into major businesses as (laughs) well. So these side hustles, obviously you didn't scale couch flipping. I think that was a good move. (laughs) (laughs) I realized the cap on that was pretty, pretty low. But you know what? I've seen that you've inspired a bunch of like you yeah. created a whole freaking dude. There's people um, I've talked to a few people that have got it up to like 20k a month. I'm like, you know, props to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I put a video out the other day. I was like, hey, we have a bunch of couches out here. If you guys want them, my my crews were hitting you up. Oh, were they? No, I bet you they were though. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, you know yeah. what? It's it's here. Come get it. Like there, yeah. You've created a nation of that was your. First viral video too, right? Yeah. No, I did not think it'd go viral. I'm, I was just like, dude, I think this would help somebody. Like, I used to do this. I'm not like even proud of it. Like, this is just something I did to make money. Right. And dude, people just, they were like, dude, anyone can do this. It's relatable. Yeah. They're like, I, dude, to make 200 bucks today just doing this, that's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So um, I want to wrap things up and kind of finish stuff out, but I do have a few last questions for you. So, 
What are your family goals and what do you do to nourish them? Yeah. So one thing in the planner um, is that we have a tab for relationships. And so uh, I have five different relationship goals that I make. Um, one of them is date night every week. So I've literally tracked in my planner how many date nights I've gone on. I could tell you right now. Um, I could like, that's the level of discipline you need. Like I yeah. track that stuff. Like, I need to me, do that. <laughs> uh, I'll just tell you right now, what are my relationship goals? Let's see real quick, guys. Um, so you can see here relationship wise, um, date night weekly. I've done 47 date nights this year and that's, that's on pace for one a week. Uh, one party per month. So for, to me, like I want to have friends over to the house. I want to, you know, these are good. This is good stuff. Yeah. You know, I've done 11. The goal is 12. So we're right there. Um, one couple's date night per month. I also want to, you Meet know, other people Yeah, have date night with couples and stuff that that Raiders game we went to. That was great. Awesome. You know, yep. so I've done that um, Four big vacations. So I want to go on one big vacation every quarter. You know, we recharge. Just, yeah. We just went to Tulum last quarter. That was great. Um, and then I have a goal of one big company vacation. So if the company hits their goals, I'm bringing everyone. We haven't done it yet because it's you know an end of the year thing, but they're gonna hit it. <laughs> That's good. So people are buying into your to everything that you're doing. Um, when you came back, so for me, I'm a big vacation guy. I. Yeah. Believe in it. Like that's the only way you can recharge. Whenever I come back from vacation, I am just like, you know, for one, I'm trying to put the phone away. I'm trying to, you know, just, you know, yeah. less, you know, and I'm seeing, I'm paying attention to other stuff that's out of my element and I come back and I'm just ready to slay the dragon. Dude, I can't tell you like the vacations, <laughs> everyone will tell you, I come back with like a vengeance and the vacation is like a week max. I don't need a month. Yeah. Just all I need is a week to recharge. And then my brain just starts thinking about new things. And uh, one of the biggest things that I can't share yet because it's not yeah, done yet. But that's fine. It's, uh, it came last week on vacation and uh, I bought the domain name. I just bought all these things. I already wrote the outline for it. It's going to be big. That's awesome. Yeah, you're always taking big moves. Um, what's, what is your why? People have asked me this a lot. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people have a generic why. They say it's my family or my faith or, you know, anything like that. And I'll tell you, I mean, those things are very important to me, obviously. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, like I said before, with faith, I know that there's only one certainty in life. Like, we're going to die. And, you know, you better be certain where you're going. And so for me, I feel fairly confident of where I'm going and I know what God tells me to do as far as, you know, spreading the good word, serving others, you know, being a light to the world. And so I try to do all those things every day. Um, but I would say like a lot of what I do is somewhat selfish in a sense that I really just like want to push myself to be the best version of me. You know, like I just know like, okay, so th there are people I see all the time who are like, okay, as long as I could get to, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 a month, the passive income, I'm chilling. Right. And I'm like, no way, dude. No, no, no. chill. No, like <laughs> that'd be the most boring life ever to me. Right. Um, so that's why I'm always constantly doing new things because I'm like, what am I capable of? 
Well, I've seen you've been capable of a lot. I mean, just the amount of just the amount of people that you've met and the things that you've done in the last two years is just impressive. And I'm just I'm, I'm I, when I was talking about competitive, I was joking a little bit of saying I just want to do better. Than you. I honestly want to see you do better than anybody. Yeah. I think the reason that you want to stay in Nevada is you want to run for governor and own this state because you're <laughs> proud of where you're from. Yeah, I am. And I think that's a cool thing. Um, I think that's an awesome thing. I think that you'll win. I think that uh, you just keep doing what you're doing. You'll know when the right time to make that move is. I think you want to do it to better the state. And, right. and I think that you've got big things in your future. And I think that you're inspiring a lot of people. And so everything that you're doing is good. Like, I don't see anything that I'm like, oh man, like, I mean, when I, like I said, initially I was like, eh, I don't yeah. get it, you know, but when I see it, like, I'm like, man, he's really, like you said, you're trying to serve people. You're trying to provide value. And Everybody pays for that. Like, yeah, that's you get paid for that stuff. When if you, provide- you put out value to the world, it's going to come back to you. There, there's just no other way around it. I'm going to ask you the biggest and the last question here. All right. What is your biggest fear? Hmm. You know, I think uh, my biggest fear for sure would be losing my family. You know, I, I've. I've gone through this scenario in my mind before of like, what would it be like to lose my business or go under like a lot of these real estate guys have? And at this point, I'm like, it wouldn't really matter. I mean, I'd just go build it back like the next year. Right. Like with the skills and things I have now, you tell me I just couldn't like restart instantly. It's just so much easier today. Um, so losing businesses or money does not scare me the least, which is also why I'm willing to take huge risks. Cause I just don't care. Right. Um, but losing my fortune f- favors the bold. Yeah. Losing my, my family though, is something that you just don't really come back from, you know? And that's why I'm such a big proponent of telling people like, dude, do not sacrifice your family for this goal of money. Money is easy to make, dude. Like we know this, right? It is. Once you figure it out, dude, making money is easy. And once you also figure out that you don't really need that much money to live a cool life, I really believe like I even today, I still I live a pretty exorbitant, <laughs> exorbitant life on like 30K a month. Yeah. Like that's a $300,000 a year job to like live a crazy life. Right. And, you know, but with with your family, that's one thing you can't get back. And I look at my kids now and my son, you know, he's almost three. And I was I was actually rocking him to sleep last night. And I was kind of tearing up because I was like, dude, he's so big now. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like might be the last year that I rock him to sleep because right. he's going to be old. He's going to be right. like, dude, dad, like get away from me. Like, what are you doing? Right. right. Um, he ain't going to be that way with you. Hopefully not. But, yeah. you know, it's just the time is so limited with them, with my wife, the same deal. And like, if, if we ever had to get divorced or something, the impact that would have on my kids and just my own life and my sanity, that's the biggest fear is like losing them. You know, I'm glad you, I'm not glad you said that, but I'm, I'm, that's interesting that that was your answer and that it's probably the right answer. And I actually had this exact moment happened to me three weeks ago. I'm going to tell you about it. And then we're going to wrap this thing up um, because I actually saw it happen. So I'm driving my kids to school in Missouri. We live about 45 minutes away from where I'm building my house. And so they're charted for the school that we're actually building our house in. I'm driving down the road up the speed limit and talking to my neighbor. And all of a sudden, you know, as you hang up your phone, put it back on there, see if there's anything, put it down. I look up, I see there's blues on me. 
So there's a cop on me. So I put my turn signal on and look for a safe place to turn about a half mile down the freeway. And I roll down my window. As I roll down my window, I'm waiting for the cop to come, talking to my kids. Kids are in the back of the car. Golf clubs are in the back getting ready to go play golf. Yeah. And uh, do it every Friday, you know. And, you and so I hear some shouting. And I look back and there's a cop with a gun pointed at me. And I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm on the freeway, you know, so it's hard to hear what he's saying. So I can't hear what he's saying. So finally I hear that he says, put your hands outside the vehicle. So I put my hands outside the vehicle. Then he says, take the vehicle and open the vehicle from the way out. And then he says, walk backwards and put your hands on the vehicle. Within 30 seconds, I was in handcuffs, put in the back of the squad car at gunpoint, and my kids were in the back of the car, right? And I'm like, what? The? And the guy's shaking like I can feel him because he's got me like this. And he shit. And I said, you're shaking. I said, why do you have a gun pointed at me? My kids are in the car. I got my golf clubs. And he says, I've been following you for a mile and you didn't pull over. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't put on a siren. You didn't tell me pull over. You got your blues on. The minute I get out, he's got a gun pointed. And the only thing I could think of, and then I got his supervisor and the whole story like that. But the only thing I could think of is this is what it feels like to lose my kids. Cause they said, who's going to come pick up your kids. And I'm sitting there in the back of my car and I saw my whole life pass before my eyes. I saw my wife divorce me. I saw all this stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I, and I said, man, that's what people feel like. And what got me out of that gym? Cause the next guy come, I said, can I get your supervisor? Supervisor comes. He said, he's the one that said, who can get your kids? Then a third guy comes and he, I start talking to all these guys and I tell them where I'm building my house. And I tell them, but I bought a hundred properties in the last 18 months. And all of a sudden they go, Oh, he's somebody. Mm -hmm. And they let me go. And they had just pulled me over because I had Nevada plates and I was <laughs> driving my kids to school and the guy had his adrenaline pumped up and he thought I was a criminal. Wow. It's crazy. So, well, yeah, that's that's absolutely insane. Um, but I, I'm with you, man. I, I listen, you know, I watch the whole Henry Ruggs thing. Right. And you just look at like, man, that guy, I don't know what, you know, obviously he made a, a terrible decision and terrible. his life is going to be drastically changed. But, forever. Forever. But, you know, he might have been doing everything right to that point And one bad decision just ruined him, his career, his life. He ended someone else's life. He's going to jail, all these things. And I'm like, that could be me. Like I could do one dumb thing that could wreck everything. And I'm not worried about doing one dumb thing that loses a business. But like, if you lose a life, you lose a family member, like there's no coming back. No. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great point to end on is that t everybody needs to take each day at a time. Uh, tomorrow's not guaranteed. No. And Treat yourself the way Ryan does. Be the best you. Um, ask yourself more. Ask yourself more from yourself. Prove that you can do better. Don't be comfortable. And definitely subscribe to both mine <laughs> and Ryan's YouTube channel. All of our socials. We'll put them up there for you. Give us a five-star review on the podcast. Ryan is out there changing lives. I'm trying to just keep up. He's, no, you're a pace setter. Okay. I yeah. consider myself a pace setter on a lot of things with yeah. rent, rental acquisitions. I would consider myself a pace setter. Right. Social media and business, you are the new pace setter and I'm following your pace. I'm just trying to draft off you. There we go, baby. That's yeah. all you got to do. Thanks for tuning in to the Troy Courage Channel podcast. We have a very special guest, Ryan Pineda. He graced us with his presence today. He's a busy guy. He gave a lot of great advice. I think that you should play this podcast five times over and over. Hit it on repeat. Give us five-star reviews. We're done. Peace. Peace.